So before every show, Brandon and I test out our microphones. We just want to make sure that we've got the right cables plugged in. We've got the right uh, microphones that we're using. And thankfully, I did the same thing today because if I hadn't, you would have been listening to this entire program with me sounding like Darth Vader. Let's hope I fixed it. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. And I'm back. Hello, and welcome to a new edition of What the Puck, a podcast about the Dylan Strom led Washington Capitals, leading in goals, that is, with eight. Ovechkin is currently on the team, uh, second on the team, I should say, with five goals, which is weird to hear Ovechkin being second on any team in goals scored. But thank you, as always, for tuning in wherever it is you are. As Brandon mentioned during his solo outing, we are splitting the duties this week. Our schedules just didn't quite line up. We both wanted to produce something. So you are stuck with me on this one. However, let's get right into it. Caps have been rolling lately. Winners of five straight, which gives them the best winning streak in the NHL at the moment. And I know that that is such a small thing to cling to, but I'll take it, especially considering where we all thought this team was going to be, especially after their first five games. But they are flying high right now. They're second in the Metro Tied with Carolina, both at 22 points, five back of the first place New York Rangers. And they're 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. 7-3-1 at home, 3-1-1 one, one on the road. Now, you can see there's a bit of a dis- uh, difference in terms of how many home games they've had and how many away games they've had. But you're hoping they're going to be able to keep that up in terms of that positive winning record given that they've gone three, one and one on the road, they got a bit of a rough stretch coming up with that, uh, Canadian, uh, not Canadian, California, the other, um, see first letter. I don't know. I'm going that one. Anyways, they got a road trip coming up out in California. Hopefully they can get, I would say two out of three and I'm going to head of myself a little bit, but if they can get, uh, two out of three on the other side of the country, I, you know, there's not too much to complain about for this team at the moment uh, in terms of their wins and in terms of their schedule. Why is the Caps website right now, and it's the NHL, not the Caps website, struggling? I have two questions I would like someone at the NHL to explain to me. Why, on the website, when you click on the standings, does it give you a specific date? being the day that you've clicked on the standings. Why is it not just like auto refresh? Like, why does it have to change the date? Because when I bookmark the freaking thing, it'll always send me back to the day that I last bookmarked it. This is just me venting at this point. I've gone completely off topic, but hey, it's what the fuck. It's what we do, or at least it's what I do. Anyways, getting back to the caps and their numbers. Obviously, all these things are really good. Second in the Metro, 
five behind the Rangers, eight one one in their last ten. These are all good numbers, and it is certainly higher than where anyone expected this team to be prior to the season. Now, I know Brandon and I talked about this before, but I think part of the reason that a lot of sort of the hockey pundits or those in the know, I think a lot of the reasons that, or probably the biggest reason I would say, that everyone expected the Caps to just not be very good this year. I feel like somewhere like bottom five in the league, bottom 10 in the league, like not making the playoffs uh, last or second to last, third to last in the Metropolitan Division. And a lot of that was because no one really knew what to expect from this team. There were just too many question marks. You've got a first year in the NHL, young head coach, done well in the minors. He's done some assistant coaching in the NHL with Toronto. But you're not really sure what you're going to get from him. You've got one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. You've got one of the greatest setup men of all time. But he's coming off years of being hurt. Missed a lot of last season. And now we know may never play again. And it certainly sounds that way, according to Brian McClellan. But I will reserve any comments I have regarding Backstrom until he announces his retirement. Brandon and I talked about Backstrom before in terms of what he's meant to us, what he's meant to the Capitals, what he's meant to this team and his legacy in D.C., and uh, I'm sure we'll have more on that once he makes that announcement. Until that point, I will still hold out hope that we will see Nicholas Backstrom skate for the Washington Capitals at some point. But there are questions, again, going back to this team at the beginning of the season, there are questions about Yevgeny Kuznetsov and what were we going to get from him. And unfortunately, those questions are still there. And there are a lot of questions, and there still are, about this defense. You know what you're going to get from John Carlson. You're pretty confident what you're going to get from Nick Jensen. You're really confident about what you're going to get from Martin Favari and, and Rasmus Sandin. And you're pretty pretty sure what you're going to get from uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Joel Edmondson, honestly, a little surprised they went out and brought him in this offseason. Not sure what you're going to get from Alexiev. Weren't sure what you're going to get from Hardy Hammond Actel. Hadn't heard him until he got signed by the Capitals. And uh, wasn't sure if Lucas Johansson or any of these other guys are going to be able to make the roster. And it seems like the defense is still something that they're they're still trying to figure out. But I thought this was an interesting quote after they had a shaky start to their season. They have been playing much better. And there was an article in the Washington Post by Bailey Johnson, who's fantastic. I love what she's doing, uh, both uh, the comments on, on Twitter as well as just her writing. Um, she's working with the Post. Before the Buffalo game, there was a quote in there that I really liked. And it was, or a piece that she wrote, not a quote per se, but she wrote, despite, I'm sorry, but despite the inconsistent lineups, the Capitals are 8-1-1 in their last 10 games, allowing just 21 goals in that span. Again, this was before the win over Buffalo. Despite blowout losses to Ottawa, 6-1, ouch, and Toronto, 4-1, ouch, Washington still ranks sixth in the NHL with an average of 2.67 goals against per game. That's pretty good considering your defense is hit or miss. Again, that last part I'm adding on. The defense has been aided by a perfect penalty kill. The Capitals have not allowed a power play goal since October 24th. I believe Buffalo scored. I may have missed that one, but I believe they scored a power play goal tonight. Thanks, Bailey. 
and some stellar goaltending. But the way Washington defends at even strength has drastically improved after a difficult start to the season. And yeah, that's pretty much how it has been after they went, what, one, three and one to start the season where they got blown out by Pittsburgh on opening night. Let me go back and check this schedule on the lovely NHL caps website. Cause I'm pretty sure it's just the NHL runs all these. I'm sure they have somewhere in DC got blown out by Pittsburgh, had a shootout win over, I want to say Cleveland, Calgary, six to one blown out by Ottawa in overtime loss to Montreal, a four to one loss to Toronto. Yeah. You got a one, a three and a one. And then that win over New Jersey kind of turned things around a little bit. You had a shootout win over Minnesota, a three to one over San Jose, who was struggling then. And let's check. Still, yep, not great. In fact, bottom of the league with seven points. I really thought Columbus would have been the bottom based on what I was reading earlier about um, Patrick Liney. Hmm, that's interesting. Anyways, and uh, the Capitals may be able to turn it around. They're definitely playing much better. And like we said, eight, one, and one in their last 10. That continues after the win uh, in overtime against Buffalo. And I, I don't really have much to say about that particular game. Like, I'd really prefer them to stop going to overtime, though it's pretty exciting when Dylan Strome just rips one in the back of the net with about five seconds to go in the game. I mean, that was a fantastic shot by him. And another, it's just a continuation of a, of a great season that we're getting from Dylan Strome. It's still weird he's only got two assists and for a guy who plays center on the first or second line. But 10 points in 16 games, eight goals and two assists. Ovechkin's got five goals, seven assists, a little bit more uh, of a nice split from the typical goal scorer, 12 points in 16 games. And let's see, let's check on Ovechkin real quick as we've got his stats up here, because he had a slow start to the season, but over his last five games, he's got four points in five games. He got nothing against Vegas. Nothing against Buffalo in terms of points, but he had a goal against Columbus, two goals against the Islanders, and an assist against the Devils. You know, he's starting to to warm up a bit. He's starting to wake up, and hopefully that kind of thing continues because this team could certainly use some more goals by uh, anyone not named Dylan, it would appear. But, uh, you know, you got uh, Strom leading Ovechkin. Wilson's got four important one in getting that tie in the third period against Buffalo. McMichael's got four. He's got four and four in 16 games. And I think he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more confident. Really like what I'm seeing from Connor McMichael. And then it starts to get just a little bit more interesting in terms of a lack of production. Because Netsoff, a guy who's, let me double check this one. I'm pretty sure he's got the second highest, third highest cap hit on this team right now with Backstrom on long-term injury reserve. He's right now sixth on the team with three goals and five assists, only eight points in 14 games. He's got Milano's got what three and four and seven. Protus has got two and five and seven. You'd like to see some of these numbers certainly go up in terms of goal score or players that are scoring goals and points overall. And then there's TJ Yoshi who, yeah, he finally got his first goal tonight in the win over Buffalo, but he's got to start stepping up. And you know what? He's just, maybe he's been a little snake bit. It's kind of a rough start to the season and things will turn around. And, you know, I expect them to, I think this is just the start. He almost got another one. He probably should have had another one, 
um, in this game. And then maybe it wouldn't have had to go uh, to overtime. But like I said, I don't really have a lot to say about the Buffalo game. My big takeaway, and it's not just mine, but my big takeaway from this specific game is that this team clearly has don't stop believing by journey on repeat in the locker room because they truly seem to think that they're going to be able to come back and win when they are down a goal or two goals. And this is again from Bailey Johnson on Twitter with a quote from Dylan Strom, where he said, everyone's kind of like, we know we're going to tie it up. It's a good feeling to have. And what that feeling is, is confidence. And that's what you get when you go eight, one and one. That's what you get when you have a coaching staff and a front office that are backing you. And that's what you get when you have players that enjoy playing together. And I think what we're seeing is a team starting to really gel here and starting to get they realize that they're going to get something out of this season. Now, we're only 16 games in of an 82-game season. There's so much more hockey to play. But in five-game stretches, if they can go 4-1 and one, the rest of the way, that's a great season. That's a playoff season. That's a team that's going to do something this year. And I think this is, I like that this is a capital team that no one's really talking about. That this is a quiet team. I'm okay with that. Because this is a team that's gone 8-1-1. One, and one, And they've had a rotation on defense because of injuries, because of inconsistent play. Their number one goaltender has been out because of injuries. And they're not getting a ton of goals from the one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. What if all those things start to settle in? What if one of the young defensemen says, hey, that spot's mine now and plays consistently, consistently at a high level, I should say, consistently well. I don't know if that sentence was good. What happens then to this team if Ovechkin starts lighting it up? What happens if Kuznetsov remembers how to play defense and he starts putting the puck in the back of the net or helping other guys do put the puck in the back of the net? What happens then? Good things, I would imagine. This is a team that can go places if they can start getting things settled. And the fact that they've gone 8-1-1 in their last 10, they're on a five-game winning streak without that settling, for lack of a better way to put it, You know, if I'm in the rest of the NHL, I'm a little scared to see. Well, maybe not the rest of the NHL. There's plenty of very good teams in the NHL. But if I'm the other teams, I'm looking at them going, what happens if they start to figure this out? If the defense figures it out, if the goaltending can be a little bit more consistent. In terms of injuries, not in terms of play. Charlie Lindgren, fantastic. Outstanding backup to have on this team. Aside from the mustache. It's a little, I don't know if he still has the mustache. Does he still have the mustache? Either way, fantastic backup goaltender for this team a guy who we've seen last season and now this season will step in when Kemper can't play and it gives you that opportunity to know you can give him more rest if Kemper you know blocked an awkward shot and probably shouldn't play that night or play the next night or whatever the case is you know you know you can go to Lindgren and not be overly concerned about it and that to me is a fantastic thing for any coaching staff and any team to have but I have to wonder if part of their sort of mentality of, of, of don't stop believing, we're going to get this, we're going to win this game. I got to wonder, is it is it due to the young guys not knowing any better and kind of having that I can do anything mentality? 
Or is it the veterans knowing how to fight back in a game you're losing? Whatever it is, it's working. And all we can really do is just hope that they can keep it up. Now, when I was looking at the cap statistics before this game, I, I saw something I thought was really interesting. It kind of goes back to something I was talking about before. But right now, their, their goals for and their goals against are both at 43. So their goal differential is zero. Which is weird when you have a guy like Alex Ovechkin on the team. But as I thought about it and then went back and looked at their schedule, they don't really blow any other teams away. Like their big win, or I guess, aside from like the 3 0 win over Vegas, but two of their goals were at the end of the third period. Otherwise, they're winning by one or two goals, I feel like for the most part. And while this is certainly heart attack inducing for Capitals fans and the front office and the coaching staff, it's good to see that they can pull out these tight games because that's what you get in the playoffs. You get one, two goal, you know, wins. You don't get a typically, this happens, but you don't typically get a three, four, five, six goal victory. I'm talking about differential between the two teams, not like you score six goals, you win. And so showing that these are guys, this is a team that can pull out a win by a goal, by two goals, that they can hang on, that they're blocking shots, that they're they're playing for each other. Again, it's still early, but these are all good things to see. Personally, I wouldn't mind a few nice, you know, 10 to 2 wins. They'd be great. I'd feel a lot better as I watch. One guy I do want to talk about, or another guy I should say, since we talked about Dylan Strom, Ovechkin, a bunch of other dudes. Uh, Hendrix Lapierre has been getting extended time in D.C. I really thought he wouldn't be here as long. And then Kuznetsov got sick, so I guess he got to stick around. I think it's great experience for him. But I have to imagine he's on his way back to Hershey once Kuznetsov gets healthy. And I know he's got three points in six games, and he played really well the other night. But all three of his points in his six games that he's played came in the same game. So really, he's got points in one out of six games. That is not very good. But he's a young guy. So getting this experience, getting this opportunity to play and to play in bigger moments and to really get to, you know the uh, people in D.C. getting to see what he could potentially bring both now and in the future is a great thing. This is a guy that if other teams come calling, if the Capitals are looking to bring in a, a 24, a 25, a 26 year old winger. No, he's, he's, you know, if you're playing a video game or playing one of the you know, NHL games, or I think FIFA, you can go in and you can say like other teams are not allowed to ask about buying this player. Like that for me, that's right now, McMichael and Lapierre and not just those two. He's a bunch of other Sandine, don't want to lose. Favari, no thanks. He's ours. But LaPierre, I'm hanging on to. Not unless you're going to give me a guy who's already knows he could score 30 goals in the league and he's going to be a perfect fit. For me, he's not ready yet, but he's getting close. And I think next season is going to be his real opportunity. But we can see opportunities for him to potentially get more minutes. And the more he plays, the more comfortable he gets. And then maybe he can produce a bit more, given he's not playing on the first or second line. 
The problem that I feel like they're going to run into, if LaPierre is not ready, is they don't really have anyone else who can spl- uh, play, I should say, instead of him, because play is not a word, while Kuznetsov is out. And as I talked about before, it's not like Kuznetsov is really producing enough in his all-around games. He's got, what did I say? Where did the stats go on my uh, my computer? He's got eight points in 14 games. He's a minus two, 16 penalty minutes. In the center spot, he's at 43%. 43.4, to be more specific. It's his defensive effort, I think, that the team is concerned about right now. It's a pretty big concern because it's really great when you can stop the other team from scoring goals. Personally, I enjoy it when the other team doesn't score goals against the Capitals. And it's just another thing with Kuznetsov that this team is frustrated about, or it seems to be. And it would be great for the forwards to pick up a bit of of the defensive slack when it comes to a defense that's by rotation right now. And that's not to say that all these guys are playing poorly. It's rotation because of injuries, but also it's a rotation because some guys are not playing very well. You know, you've got Carlson, Edmondson has, has he even played for this team yet? What do we got? Two games. Edmondson's played. Um, the defense right now is a pretty big concern. You know, Alexiev scored a goal. Congratulations to him. But he's been in and out of the lineup. Lucas Johansson's been in and out of the lineup. Hardy Hamanakdal's been in and out of the lineup. And it's because they play, and this comes from Carberry, I believe, was quoted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, guys will come in and they'll play really well for a game or two, a young defenseman, that is. And then they have a really bad game. And it's like, you know what? You're not quite ready yet. We're going to pull you out. We're going to put another guy in. So like I said before, it'd be great if one of these guys would come in and solidify that spot. But until that happens, until the defense can settle in, it would be great if the forwards would pick up a bit of that slack. And Kuznetsov, I'm looking at you. You're a leader on this team, whether you want to be or not. When you sign a contract, this is just sports and reality. When you sign as one of the more expensive players on your team, you're expected to produce at a high level. And Yevgeny Kuznetsov is not producing at a high level. Now, I was reading on that former Bird app that Columbus scratched Patrick Laine in their game the other night. And apparently he said it was the most embarrassing thing, I think, ever in his career or in hockey that he, uh, for him. And I told you it was a shock to him. Columbus is not having a good season. They are, to put it nicely, struggling. They've what? Oh, I guess they won their late. Um, they play tonight? ESPN crashed. That's not good. And we're back. Let's see. They did. They beat the Blackhawks 7-3. Wow. They had a nine-game losing streak before that win. That's not good. They're 5-11-4. Trying to find the stats. The box score. Where's the box score on this thing? All right. Well, I can't find it, and I don't care enough. 
because it's not really relevant to my point. I mean, I'm not even seeing his name come up. So clearly, we probably didn't do a ton. But anyways, I was reading on there about him getting scratched. And I know he is in a center, and he's got a large cap hit. But I'd be really intrigued if Patrick Line was put on the trade block if I'm the Washington Capitals. And I'd be really intrigued because I feel like he could come to D.C. and turn his career around. And I think he would be a great guy to have on this roster when Ovechkin hangs them up in a few years. Now, his cap it right now is at 8.7 for another two years after the season. So that would be an expensive mistake if it doesn't work out. But with Backstrom likely not skating for this team again, they're going to have money to play with. I mean, Backstrom was at, where did it go? Nine point, I did a lot when we're recording and just kind of jumping around between tabs that I have open. 9.2 million freed up. So that's most of Backstrom's cap it would go to line A. But I have to imagine that any deal involving line A would likely include Kuznetsov. And with Kuznetsov's contract, I'm sorry, his cap hit at 7.8, you're still doing okay even though line is, you know, just under a million higher. And if they can throw in Mantha on that deal, it's even better because now you got a ton of, you still have money to play with then at that point. And I know someone out there is going, why would Columbus want to trade Fukuz Nets off in Mantha? Well, if you're Columbus, you just lost nine straight before beating Chicago. And this is a Chicago team that, unless I'm mistaken, is also struggling. Where did the standings go? Did I close that tab? That was stupid. Why did I? There they are. Chicago is also uh, not doing great. They got 10 points, 5 and 12 this season. So if if you're Columbus, do you want to shake it up? Do you want to mix things up and potentially get yourself a number one center, a number two center in Yevgeny Kuznetsov? If you feel like line A's maybe not the guy for you. You know, kind of like the Oshi. Brower deal to an extent is kind of a loose comparison, but like St. Louis thought, you know what? Oh, she's not really the guy for us anymore. We want to get a little more physical Caps Like, Hey, we need a goal score. This works out. We'll make this trade. And if you're Columbus, you got a ton of money to play with looking at their cap situation right now. They are, Oh, I'm not doing those numbers, but they are basically seventh from the bottom in having the most amount of cap space to play with right now. I mean, they've got, that can't be right. They got a lot is my point. They got a, they got a fair amount of cap space to play with. So if they wanted to go and make a move, try and shake things up, bring in Kuznetsov, see if they can kind of turn their season around and get him locked up for at least another season. Cause his contract is up after the season. And then you bring in Anthony Mantha cause you have the cap space and maybe he can start producing. You get a first shot at signing him. If not, he's a free agent after the season and your team already isn't very good and your season's kind of a waste potentially. What do you have to lose other than Patrick Line? But if you're already looking to move him out and maybe you can't get a better deal, maybe the Caps throw in a prospect or, or a pick in that deal, get a pick and a, 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 another guy back, a winger, defenseman, something back. If I'm the Caps, you know, I'm calling Columbus right now. I'm saying, hey, what would you want for him? What about this? And see what you can kind of work out. For Columbus, I feel like it's a low-risk move in the sense of 
the two guys you're bringing in, you don't have for a ton of time. Because Netsov's a little bit higher of a risk. He's got another year on his deal. Mantha's not a risk at all. If it doesn't work out, thanks very much. Have a good time. I don't know if Columbus would do it. You probably have to sweeten it even more. But let's not forget, Yevgeny Kuznetsov is an incredibly talented hockey player. Now, he also has a modified no-trade clause. So he might be like, hard pass. And then they're kind of stuck. So we'll see what happens there. And and nothing could happen. But it's, we know that McClellan said he wants to go out and find a younger winger. I would assume a goal-scoring winger. And given that line A is 25, I mean, he, he's in theory a goal-scoring winger. It kind of lines up perfectly with what he wants. The question is, is he going to be able to part with what Columbus will want in return? It's just be That might just be me dreaming in the end. And speaking of the end, I think that's going to be it for me today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Now, if you have a moment in between the turkey and cranberry sauce, which, sidebar, I love cranberry sauce. I think it's fantastic. My understanding is it's not super popular, but I've always loved it at Thanksgiving. Anyone who does not like cranberry sauce, you're wrong. And I don't understand you. Anyway, if you have a moment between the sweet potatoes and the pumpkin pie, go ahead, take out your phone, open your favorite podcast app, and give us a rating and a review. It helps us get the show up in the charts, and we always appreciate the feedback. Now, of course, keep the conversations coming. You can find me on the app, former bird named stupid X, whatever the heck it is. Find me on there at WTP Coach Dan, where I'm on there talking about Capitals Hockey, Arsenal Football Club, as well as other European football teams, the Bills and the Commanders, and other things in the wide world of sports. You can find Brandon on there at Brando Cash and the show at What the Puck Pod. That's also where you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all other sorts of information related to the Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, and the National Hockey League. Like I said, that's it for me tonight. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has, if you were listening to this before Thursday, or, or on Thursday, I should say, have a happy Thanksgiving, or I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the nice stretch of the holiday season. Let's hope for some more Caps winning. Take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com. Brando Cash.